and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing, your e-commerce advertising specialists. Today we're here with Fiona from Loyalty Lion. Fiona Stevens is the head of marketing at Loyalty Lion, a data-driven loyalty and engagement platform for fast-growth e-commerce merchants. Loyalty Lion helps thousands of retailers worldwide to build fully customized loyalty programs proven to increase customer engagement, retention, and spend. Fiona has 10 years' experience in marketing, having worked in-house and agency-side across functions including PR, SEO, and content. She has specialized in loyalty for retail and e-commerce brands for the past five years. So let's get into it. Welcome to episode 10. Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. Today, we're here with Fiona. Welcome, Fiona. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So tell us a little bit about Loyalty Lion and then what makes it different from other loyalty programs. Yeah, so we are a loyalty and engagement platform. We work with e-commerce stores around the world, helping them to power growth. And we work with stores on all major e-commerce platforms. So that's Shopify, Shopify Plus, Magento, and Big Commerce. Um, In terms of what makes us different, it's really our approach to data. So we know that if you're investing in a loyalty program, that can be a really big decision. Um, It's important to be able to justify that decision and prove that there's an ROI there. Mm -hmm. And so our real point of difference is helping you to to prove that ROI with loyalty insights and opportunities to A-B test. Yeah. Awesome. So we will get into the A-B testing in a second because I think that's really, really interesting. But just generally speaking, why do you think that loyalty programs are so important for growing e-commerce stores? So there's a couple of key reasons. I think, first of all, your loyal customers are the ones that have the highest lifetime value and they're far more valuable to you than your one-time shoppers. In fact, we actually found from some research that we did last year that over 50% of your revenue comes from just the top 20% of your customer base. Yeah. And that makes sense because actually, you know, your existing customers already have a relationship with you. They know you, they trust you. It's easier to encourage them to come back more regularly or to spend more when they do come back. Yeah. And that's why, you know, investing in a program that helps you form a deeper connection with those existing customers. But on top of that, it's actually all about acquisition as well. So it's said to be five times more expensive to acquire a new customer than it is to retain an existing one. And members of a loyalty program are the ones that will probably go out and shout about your brand. Um, They'll leave you reviews. They'll refer you to friends and family. They'll post about you on social media. All those are are brilliant ways of getting you more new customers from your existing ones far more cost effectively than some of the other acquisition channels you might be using. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really, really interesting and very important. I mean, we obviously specialize in Facebook ads and it can be so expensive to get those new customers, I suppose, if you don't have something in place at the end to make sure you keep getting the most out of those existing customers, you really can be leaving a lot of dollars on the table. That's exactly right. It's about, you know, the ones that you do bring in through those other channels. How do you make sure that they stay with you for a long time? Mm, Definitely. So we've obviously got a lot of listeners that are in... I suppose every stage of business. So from still thinking about a concept and just doing some initial research to, you know, they're in the process of scaling a a really big business. For those who are in, I suppose, who don't have a loyalty program, kind of at what point do you think it's good to start looking at implementing such a program? The short answer um, is it's never really too early because if you have a customer, you have someone that you can retain and you have someone that you can encourage to act as an advocate, whether you've got one or 100 or 1 million customers. Um, But realistically, I think it is worth mentioning that a loyalty program won't work for everybody. So it's really people with high repeat purchase rates that are going to benefit the most. Um, If you're selling something like nutrition supplements that people need to stock up on monthly or um, things like wine and gin that people love to get delivered on a monthly basis and fast fashion, anything like that, then, you know, 
you're, you've got people who are going to be buying from you time and time again, then it's worth looking at a loads program. But if you're selling something like mattresses that you sell once every seven years, um, it's probably not for you. Um, just as a bit of a disclaimer. Um, but I think there are a few things to look out for. Obviously, nobody is going to want to jump into a Lord's program on day one because you're too busy setting up everything else and building your brand. Um, but there are some key sort of triggers to look out for, I would say. I think the first thing is you might find that a lot of people are checking out as guests. And that means that you're not getting the information that you need to market to them on an ongoing basis. So really keep an eye on those guest numbers. And at the time when you actually you've got a huge bank of guest people that you you can't really do anything to, that's the point to implement a, a program that will motivate them to come back and create an account. Um, a second trigger might be that you have a growing number of customers who are at risk of churning. So by at risk, we mean they haven't come back to make their next purchase with an expected timeframe. So that goes back to, you know, what is your expected timeframe for repeat purchase? It's going to be very different between the mattress and the, the bottle of wine, for example. Um, but once you know that, sort of time frame for your brand you can see okay well I've got you know most people have a good a lot of customers who actually have bought before but haven't come back and they're much easier to convert than somebody who comes to your store completely cold so a trigger is knowing that you've got a big bank of those customers and trying to re-engage them and get them shopping again and then I think the third thing I would say is if you're ready to build a brand community so in the early days of a store, you're obviously just trying to get sales, just trying to sort of get your name out there. But then there are a lot of brands that actually become almost cults. You know, they've got really serious followers. They've got people that really, you know, love the brand, live by uh, following their content, etc. And a lot of programs are a really good way to get there. So if you've built up your brand, you know what it stands for you know that you're ready to start building that community and it might be with things completely outside of your your website and purchases it might be more along the lines of content and events and things like that but if you're ready to make a big step in terms of your brand then a loads program it, it's probably the right time to think about a program to help you do that yeah i love that because i know that a lot of a couple of our clients anyway are kind of breaching into that cult-like space which obviously i think for a lot of small businesses is kind of the goal because uh, mm. if you get that like cult-like following, you're you're really doing really well. That's a really interesting marker of a, a good time to sign up to a loyalty program or to get something on board. I think that's a really clever kind of marker, as you said. Okay, so people, if they do want to start building out a loyalty program, what are some of the, the biggest areas that either people get wrong or that people do really well? Like what's kind of the important things to get right when building out a loyalty program? And good question. I think the most important thing is to remember that you don't have to get it all right straight away. So like we said earlier, it's, it's often a big decision to invest in a loyalty program because people think they have to have it all nailed down before they can put it live. Mm. Um, that's not really the case. You know, as long as you know who you are as a brand and your program follows that identity from the word go. So I mean, things like the name of it, the name of the points you're going to give and just how it kind of aligns to your brand and your brand values, then you can start really small. You could start with literally just awarding points for um, creating an account and making purchases and don't worry about anything else until later. Then you could build it out and start rewarding reviews, start rewarding referrals, that kind of thing. You know, you don't have to have all the answers on, on day one. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, the first kind of mistake is, is taking or thinking that it needs to take months before you can go live rather than just getting something out there and trialing it. 
Yeah. And then I think another thing that people either a sort of a misconception or a mistake that people make is thinking that it has to be all about discounts. Um, there's a, a big misconception out there that loyalty can almost, a loyalty program might cheapen your brand because you're just giving percentages off, you're just giving money away, etc. But actually, there's a lot of stores doing really fantastic things with their rewards to counter that. So it might be that instead of um, offering a discount or a percentage off, you offer a member early access to sales or early access to new product ranges. Um, that costs you absolutely nothing as a store, but it mm. gives a real kind of VIP exclusive feeling to a customer. Um, and it makes you know, it makes them feel very special, which is the kind of brand experience that you want, not the discounting piece. So I think, yeah, that's probably another mistake. Finally, yeah, just people forget that it's um it's part of your wider marketing strategy so loyalty is not not an island at all it's something that should be powering the other tools that you're using so if you're sending out post-purchase emails what loyalty factors can you build into that to make those purchase post-purchase emails more effective if you are focusing on reviews and user-generated content what can you do with your loyalty program to make people leave more reviews if you're um if you have a help desk and you've got people dealing with disgruntled customers every day how can you build your loyalty program into your help desk approach to to make those conversations better um it's something that can kind of sit at the heart of all your existing marketing and really um give it a bit more oomph and i think people sometimes fail to sort of connect the dots there and they see it as this one thing that just it's difficult to manage but actually when you really integrate it with everything else that you're doing it can be very very simple yeah and I mean I think that's where um for everyone who doesn't know I did a case study with a client who was using loyalty line a couple of years ago and what we did was take the platform they had and integrate that into their Facebook ads and it just worked so phenomenally well so I think that's a really important point that it really does have to be a piece of the puzzle it's it's certainly not an island as you said you mentioned before that people get stuck into that discount mentality and it cheapening the brand. Um, I loved the suggestion you gave of, you know, offering early access to sales and things. I do know that that is a, a big reason why I think a lot of people don't, a lot more people don't take up loyalty programs. Have you got any other suggestions of things that people can offer as kind of rewards and things that aren't discount based that you've seen work really well? Yeah, definitely. I think this is something that's taking off now, actually. So, I mean, there's, as we said, there's things like early access to new products, early access to sales. People often do sort of beta testing. Hey, if you're a member, you you can get this product before anyone else and you can then give us feedback on it. So including people in in the growth of your products can be really strong. Also, I mean, one of my favorite examples is all around this kind of uh, this idea of ethically commerce conscious consumerism you know customers are starting to buy according to what they believe in and what they value and they only want to buy from merchants that are really aligned with that they'll pay more in fact to shop with somebody who they feel shares the same passions that they do so we've got one client stay wildish and they've completely designed their reward strategy around that so rather than um getting points that you then redeem for well discounts you can redeem your points to knit, give a dog some knitted booties if it's dogs that you care about, or you can use it to plant some trees if it's um, the environment that you care about. You know, they've really aligned, they've got a few causes that they believe in as a brand. And as a customer, each time you, you collect enough points, you feel like you're then contributing to those causes. Wow. Uh, similarly, Pacifica Beauty has, it's one of my favorite programs, but they allow you to, um, to earn points for recycling mascara packaging so once you finish your mascara you send it back to them and you get points for doing that 
That's incredible. Um, they, I really love that because I, I do tend to buy from those sorts of places myself personally. Mm. So to find out that businesses are using that and then integrating that into their loyalty program, like that's just incredible. Yeah, it's one of the most positive shifts I think I've seen in, in a while yeah, um, in e-commerce. It, it, it does show that the, the industry is changing. It's no longer cheaper and who can do it faster and I suppose dirtier. Mm. It's how can we do this better and actually make a positive change to the world. That's, that's really incredible. I love that. And it's the best way to get away from the competition that's out there. You know, there's no need to get involved in a race to the bottom or slash your prices or anything because, you know, if you've really got something that you believe in and your customers believe in it too, as long as they know that you believe in it, they're likely to come back to you even if it's going to cost them slightly more. Yeah, and they'll believe you more when you say that you're, you know, an ethical and sustainable company if instead of loyalty points for a discount, they're, you know, you're planting trees like... That's, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, to be fair, that is something to watch out for. There's a concept, I think it's called greenwashing. Yeah, where stores are getting caught out for um, saying that they believe in a certain thing, but then acting completely differently. It's so easy to do. Like you walk down like our supermarkets and there'll be a big bunch of, like there was a brand for a while that was like some take on the word organic, but there was literally nothing organic in it than, other than like <laughs> oil. Like it's that sort of concept. So I think it's really yeah. good if you're going to do that, you've got to do it authentically. Definitely. And I, I think um, a program really helps you to do that because, you know, to change the way you package something, to change the way that your warehouse works, those are big things. And as consumers, we can't expect brands to do an about turn on that overnight. It's going to take time for the, unless you were set up completely organically or whatever, it's going to be very difficult to get to that. But you can then use your program as an interim to say, hey, we are trying, we're, you know, we're doing something here. No, that's amazing. I love that that's where the world is is moving things. That's really cool. Okay, so obviously there is a lot of craziness happening in the world right now. There's a lot of uncertainty based on, you know, coronavirus. How can stores use a loyalty program to build a relationship with their customers in these more difficult times or just in future? I'm sure we'll have more difficult times. You know, these things kind of come in cycles and waves and things. Hopefully not this bad. But in these kind of troubled times, how can a, a business use a loyalty program to kind of solidify that relationship with their customers? Yeah, I mean, it is an uncertain time. And I think, I genuinely think that loyalty has a huge part to play for merchants right now. Um, I think during any crisis where confidence or consumer confidence might drop, you know, we've already talked about the fact that your existing customers are the ones that already know and trust you. So their confidence in the economy might drop, their confidence in spending might drop, but their confidence in you is probably quite unaffected. Yeah. Um, so in the, the, like, uncertain times, your loyal customers are really going to be the key to your ongoing success. Um, I also think, you know, we've seen, certainly in the UK, we've seen some amazing things come out of this crisis. You know, the sense of community, people applauding on their balconies for, for the nurses. There's, there's all sorts of really um, amazing things happening in terms of communities. And um, I think that extends to brands as well. And it's really important to show your customers that you're there for them and that you care. So I read some research the other day that said, I think it was around 50% of consumers genuinely want to hear from brands they know and trust and find it reassuring to hear from them. So make sure you reach out to your customers. And again, we've seen some lovely things on that from merchants that we work with. So one had put a DIY hand sanitizer recipe in their loyalty emails, just so, okay, if you can't get it from the store, then here's how you make it yourself. Yeah. You know, we've seen some really nice things. And I think 
a brand really needs to stop and focus on its community right now get get a message out there let them know that whatever it might be it might be that business as usual we we are here for you um it might be here's something that we think will help you get through lockdown just showing that you're you're still there as a brand and that you understand the what they're what they're struggling with and that you'll help them through it but also that you know they're part of your loyalty community and you want to help them through that time with things like it could be double points promotions it could be free delivery something that makes if you know that shopping has become more difficult for them then use your program to make it easier for them and I think those are the kind of actions that will keep a customer really loyal to you through a a situation and that means that they will still be shopping with you as we come out the other side yeah which is I guess the really important thing I think it's also to remember that at this point you probably have a lot of people browsing that you might not have had before you know we're, we're all at home we've all got a lot well some of us have got a bit more time on our hands and um, so there's going to be more browsers but as we said consumer confidence might be low and it might not convert so well so this is a good time to really connect with the community that you've already got and try and get them acting as advocates for you so it could be incentivizing referrals and getting people to introduce you to their friends and family. Um, or it could be saying, okay, you bought um, in the last however many months, would you please come back and leave, leave us a review? And all of that UGC, user generated content, again, will just really help people to build up trust that will last a lot longer in your brand. So again, even if it doesn't convert someone right now, it might well do in a couple of months time. Yeah, I suppose that's the important thing to think about. It's not just it's not just about what's happening right now. It's about what's going to be happening in two, three months. So it's still important to get those reviews, to get that user-generated content and to still be kind of building and nurturing that relationship. Like this doesn't change that. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I think from what I'm reading and what we're seeing in our data, consumers are really open to those relationships at the moment. I mean, there's obviously some big players who may have got things publicly wrong along the way, but for the most part, people are behind stores. They want them to succeed. They want them to come out the other side. And um, I think they're really happy to be engaged with them through the, through the middle. Yeah. It's been really interesting just from a a personal perspective, seeing like all the emails and things that I get, because I do quite a lot of online shopping because I work from home, so I can. (laughs) And it's really interesting to see the emails. Like some of the emails are really tone deaf and they're like, we're here for you, but that's it. Like, it's like, you sell jeans. Like, you're not really here for me. You sell jeans. You just want me to buy more jeans. And then others are like, (laughs) here's how you can be really comfy at home. Like, here's some outfits tailored for you. Like, it's really interesting to see the businesses that are just kind of like, guessing and throwing things out there and the ones that actually kind of care about their customers or at least have thought it through from a more strategic standpoint that's very interesting mm, yeah definitely has been yeah so what are some of the best uses of loyalty programs you've seen for smaller businesses because obviously you guys manage you know the loyalty line is used by really small businesses and like mega mega businesses so maybe from the a lot of our listeners are probably more on that that smaller side what are some really good examples that you've seen yeah, so I think um, one of my favorite smaller ones is probably, they certainly started small anyway, um, Anne-Marie Skincare. So what they've got is a, a really nice, and I, I keep talking about community, but they've got a really nice community that they're building. It's so um, important, it really and, um, is. Yeah, and they've, they've done it through um, a really, really simple tier structure. So they've got their beauty tribe, they call it, which again, I just love the name of it. But the tribe has an insider tier. If you engage with them enough to become part of the insider tribe, 
then you get access to exclusive content. So they focus very much on less the kind of the, the product and the, the purchase side, but more it's things like recipes for your own skincare products. It's things like um, understanding why one thing works for your skin and another doesn't. Um, you know, that really, really detailed content that I can only get as a VIP. And it makes people feel really special, but it also makes them feel part of something bigger. And, you know, they haven't gone for sort of four different tiers of all different types of rewards. They've just kept it really simple, just two tiers, one's VIP, one's still quite special, still feel part of something. And I think that's that's a really a really nice way of doing it. I love that. I so think, it's, yeah. it's more content-based. It's not, again, it's not discounts because, I mean, we run Facebook ads, everyone wants to do discounts for retarget and we don't because we don't think it's necessary. A lot of people think mm. loyalty program means more discounts, more money off. So they've just basically done like content like you can really be in that inner tribe of, you know, being in the know, I suppose. Yeah. And I think they have a Facebook group as well. So you can join that and then you can discuss that with other people who care about the same thing, which is Such you just connected to something to bigger. Build that community and yeah. still get, you know, their information and their data and, you know, you can leverage that, I suppose, to continue building the business. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, that's definitely one of my my favorites. I think the other thing that we're seeing with a lot of smaller businesses is um, a lot more people are obviously getting into the subscription thing now. And that is a great way for some small businesses to get the longevity. And so one thing that we see a lot with the smaller clients is introducing a subscriber tier. So again, it just it's just it's very simple. You only have your normal tier and then a subscriber tier, not a lot to manage. Um, but as a subscriber, you can unlock some additional rewards and that might be free delivery it might be content as we talked about it it could be anything but it just lets people away I don't know if if you've experienced this but I find that if I subscribe to something within about three months somebody offers me the same thing with an introductory offer somewhere else and you know there's a lot of kind of fickleness where subscribers jump from one thing to another all the time because there's a better introductory offer but at the end of the day that offer ends and price goes back up and then I have to either live with that or I have to jump around again Yep. And by creating a kind of subscriber tier, I think some a lot of the smaller brands are really negating that churn and losing you to somebody else because I've got a better reason to stay. And you know, if the price, the introductory offer goes or runs out, and I start paying more per month, I'm getting more back in return, so it's worth staying put. Yeah. Um, and then by that point, I've built that brand affinity, and I, I really want. I look forward to receiving that thing in the mail. You know. Yeah, really um, yes, yeah, so I think that's probably the other thing that we're seeing a lot with the smaller brands that I really admire yeah that's that's it's really clever I really love that so we touched on it briefly before but what are some of the other things I suppose businesses can be doing right now considering what's happening in the world to kind of solidify their business and you know start to prepare for when this is eventually all over so I think um the key thing we've talked about this already but I think have a look at really segmenting your your customer base you can see who has purchased Recently, you can see who hasn't purchased in a while. I don't recommend going after your at-risk customers with a a discount and trying to get them back in the door with one of those sort of very blanket message from the CEO emails at all. (laughs) But, you know, they they have shopped with you before and they do know your brand. So take the opportunity to reconnect with them. and, And perhaps it's not even with a product or a sales message perhaps it's with something more along the lines of you know a recipe for hand sanitizer or something but take this opportunity to send them a genuine message to show them who you remind them who you are as a brand um, and then 
keep nurturing that relationship until we do come out the other side when they may be ready to make a purchase. I think it's a really good time for those kinds of nurture campaigns. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, even just from a Facebook perspective, the ones, the clients of ours that are struggling a little bit, we're pulling away from the, the cold audiences and just really mm. nurturing the, the existing customers ready for when this is all over. Absolutely. And then, yeah, there's obviously the, the people that you would consider your most valuable customers, your loyal ones. Just how can you keep them? Again, they may not be in a position to purchase right now, but that doesn't mean they can't be earning points with your program. And that, again, they may have forgotten that. They may just consider, oh, great, the program's there, but only when I shop. Well, not necessarily because you could be rewarding them for any following you on social media, liking and sharing your content. You can even now um, award points to somebody who uses your brand hashtag. So if I'm a store selling sweatpants, then I should be encouraging every single one of my members to post an Instagram post about how I'm working from home in my comfies um, yeah. and reference the brand. You know, I think there's so much, and that's, that's, that's a total give and take. There's so much brand awareness that you can be raising online right now because you know i think what i read 45 percent of people are using social media considerably more at the moment than they do usually so you know there's a really good opportunity to build that brand awareness online but in return your customers can be earning points without even making purchases so whether it's social media likes and shares whether it's reviews whether it's referrals that look at make sure that your program has other ways of earning points within it and then people can you can keep those people engaged even if they don't make a purchase in the next two months because it's just not the best time for them. They're still earning points, which means they will come back and purchase when you come out the other side because they've got a points balance to spend. They've got yeah. rewards that are available yeah. to redeem. The brand is still fresh in their mind. If they're thinking about it and they're actively trying to earn points, you know that they're actively trying to you know, save something for, for down the track. Like it's, it's really keeping them top of mind rather than just showing them ads repeatedly in a time when they're not ready to buy so it's probably a better use of mm. not ad dollars because you're not spending any ad dollars like it's just a better a better way to connect with those customers yeah and you you know you could be using those ad dollars to get people to sign up to your program you know it could be that you change your idea of what conversion is for the next two months you know it could be that actually it's not that the goal is, of a campaign is not the purchase it's the member and mm. then making sure that your ads really communicate the perks of that membership and then you've got a new bank of people to really sort of hit the ground running with and in a hopefully not too distant future. I like it. I like it. If <laughs> someone is looking into adding a loyalty program onto their, their site, what should they be looking for when they're kind of comparing? Because obviously you're not the only guys that do loyalty programs, but what kind of <laughs> features should people be looking for when they're kind of evaluating other programs? I'm allowed to be biased here, right? <laughs> I would, I, we, we can't expect anything else. <laughs> but I would love some, some general <laughs> feedback. <laughs> no, of course. Uh, no, quite seriously, uh, my advice would be before you start looking at any platforms, take the time to think about exactly what you're trying to achieve with your program. So what are the business challenges that you're actually trying to solve? Is it that you're spending too much on position? Is it that you're you've got too much churn is it that your brand reputation isn't strong enough you know what is it actually that you're trying to solve as a business and then really as you start doing your research keep those things in mind so you know if you book a demo with each of the platforms you're looking at as you're looking through the feature sets look at how those features align with the challenges that you've already identified you're trying to solve i think it's really easy to get on a demo get blinded by some amazing features and then come out and say oh actually wait i've lost track of what i was trying to achieve 
So I think keeping those in mind right from the outset is really important. I think it's also really key to look at who a platform is working with already. So what other merchants do they have in your space? Who they're learning from and they can use that advice to help you. And I think it's important to look at their integrations as well to so have you know we've already talked about loyalty should sit as part of your marketing and it should help you drive activity across your other channels so which of those channels can you easily connect that's a really important thing to think about yeah and then i think it's about finding a platform that can scale with you as your store grows and for that you need to be able to prove that the program is working you need to be able to improve that you're seeing a return otherwise somebody will suggest that you pull the plug on it so I, I think it's really being clear on the metrics that you care about and very much in the same vein as with with paid ads and things try to steer clear of just the vanity metrics so mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily matter how many members you have it matters how engaged they are with the program and how much how valuable their customer lifetime value is versus somebody who's not a member so I think when you're looking at platforms, you need to be really careful to to look at how are they going to help you prove out the success of your program beyond just, great, we've had 50 signups, it's okay, and what were those 50 signups worth to my business? So I, yeah, looking at somebody that can scale with you because they can help you prove the effectiveness is quite important. That was a very unbiased answer. I was expecting a much <laughs> You did very well. That was actually just legitimately helpful advice there was no bias to that whatsoever <laughs> i think it helps that i'm a marketer that buys SaaS software for myself so <laughs> yeah it makes that, yeah. That, that helps that helps when we first started the interview you mentioned that loyalty line does a b testing what yes. are some other um, features can you give us a little bit of a, a rundown of some of the the really cool things that loyalty line can do yeah absolutely so the a b testing is a really big thing for us it's the fact the idea that you can keep a program optimized to make to, you know make your existing customers even more valuable so some of the things that you can do with that is um for example guest checkouts you can test different messages so you can have a pop-up that appears and says hey you um you haven't created an account you could earn x number of points if you do and you can play around with the messaging on that pop-up and you can play around with how many points you offer and you can really find okay what is the perfect point between motivating somebody to join but not giving away too much at the same time. And you can do a lot of different testing around that kind of thing. We also works with um, referrals, encouraging people, you know, what's the absolute minimum that you can kind of give away, but still encourage somebody to engage with your program. There's lots of good testing you can do there. The other feature that we're really proud of is integrated loyalty page, which basically allows somebody to, to completely brand and customize their program and have it sit on a page within the site so rather than it being a pop-up or an iframe or anything it's a perfectly on-brand beautiful page that goes through everything in terms of okay well what is the program how does it align with my brand what are the rewards what is your actual existing points balance what awards do you have available to redeem just all in one place as part of the customer's journey and we're actually doing a lot of work we've got some quite exciting stuff coming up to make that more accessible for smaller brands as well things like you won't need a, an agency or a developer to to edit that soon. You'll be able to do it oh, yourself. Wonderful. So we're really excited about that. Um, stay tuned for more on that. And I guess the other thing is just our in-cart rewards is probably our other really exciting feature, which just lets you put your loyalty program as part of the customer's journey. It's not a separate thing. It's built in. So within a shopping page or within my cart, 
I can see exactly what I've got in what points I've got and what I can get for them. So it'll come up with products and say, Hey, you could add this to your basket for free right now. And all I have to do is click and it's in my basket. And that's just an integrated part of the shopping experience. So people are engaging and they're redeeming and they're, they're part of your program without having to go anywhere else to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a really good feature because I find that a lot of, like I'm on a couple of loyalty programs and I don't think any of them use Loyalty Lion, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and you, the, the checkout process is just a nightmare. You're like, do I have points? Can I use them? What happened to them? Where'd they go? Like it just, it almost becomes more problematic than if they didn't have anything in the first place. It's one of my biggest bugbears with loyalty as a industry concept um, is it, we've got just got this heritage problem I can't tell you how many big grocery stores or anything I have loyalty accounts with, but I can't even use them because, I mean, one of them, it's ridiculous. I lost my card maybe two, three years ago and I can't get a replacement card because I can't log into the internet system to change the address. And so they can only post it to an address I haven't lived in for years. And I've given up, you know, I've got, I goodness knows how many pounds sitting there waiting to be used. And I've completely given up because it's just too difficult to actually use it yeah and I think you know the the legacy problem as a whole across retail is the same it's just it used to be really really difficult to a understand what your points were worth and what the value of even engaging was b it wasn't actually valuable enough as a kind of value exchange for a customer you would you didn't get enough back in return mm. for your loyalty and c it's just really flipping difficult to use it <laughs> so yep. I think um, I think stores are paying the price for that now because it's it's slightly harder to convince customers that they want to be part of a loyalty program when that's what they know loyalty programs to be like. So there's definitely a job that we all have to do in convincing people that things have changed and those problems don't necessarily exist anymore. Yeah, no, that's great. Do you think there's anything that we've missed in the the loyalty space obviously it's a huge space but is there anything in terms of our listeners that you think might be good information to share before we get to our finishing questions and um, that's a good question i guess we, ha- we haven't talked about communication much i guess i think there's a lot of evidence that loyalty emails perform very well compared to typical marketing emails and um, they have higher open rates they have higher click-through rates i mean generally because there tends to be something in it for the for the consumer so whether it's like hey this is how many points you've got or hey this you've got award available to redeem but it's it's interesting to see the engagement that high and those emails even if it's just a monthly point statement it gives you again another reason to check in with people really regularly so it's, it's definitely worth looking at how a loyalty program can actually give you an excuse to get in touch with your customers more regularly I think that's probably a very fair statement. I mean, our local supermarket sends me a points balance email once a month and is the only email that I open from them. And I really genuinely <laughs> don't care because it's my local supermarket. But I will always read that email and they always are sneaky and they put a little special discount or something in the bottom and I always notice it. So that's probably a really clever... <laughs> I like that. That would probably work really, really well. I mean, as you said, the data backs it up. It's probably <laughs> something not a lot of people think about. Mm, I think we all, you know, as marketers, we send so many emails and we can become really, really blind to what's working and what's not working. And then, as you mentioned earlier, it can hit the wrong tone very easily. Very. I think everyone <laughs> is sick of the, the message from our CEO. Coronavirus yeah. is COVID-19 is doing this. Everyone's like, yep, got it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for yeah, being the- hygienic. We expected you to be hygienic before, but thank you. <laughs> yeah no it's uh, it's it's definitely been interesting i think um 
loyalty emails it's interesting to hear you say actually that you you always open them um but I don't it, know it does seem to just <laughs> I really don't it, it but does um, do you just seem to get that traction I want to know what my points are because yeah money off my next shop <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's, that's clever it's something for everyone to think about I think Wonderful. Alrighty. So we're getting to the tail end of our questions. These are the questions we ask everyone. And these are about you personally, less about loyalty land. But mm-hmm. do you have any secret strategies, routines or habits that you follow on a day-to-day basis to help you stay on track? I mean, my daily habits and routines are a little bit up in the air at the moment, um, well, which yes. I imagine is the same for everyone. But I think actually, having said that, a lot of the same things still apply. I think for me, the most important thing to never lose as a habit is time away from your computer Um, I think for me my best ideas are the biggest moments of clarity all come when I'm doing something completely different I think um, it's amazing what your subconscious can do and how your subconscious can work through problems when you don't even know it's doing it and so whether I'm out cycling playing with my nieces actually out the grocery store whatever it is (laughs) that's when I tend to find the answers so yeah making sure and especially when you're working from home a lot it's very easy to just not leave your computer and that's probably the most dangerous thing you can do I think so yeah my most important habit is just making sure that you and you you can kind of subconsciously put something in a box and say that's in a box to think about later and it's amazing your mind will normally do that without much prompting I was Um, was at a marketing conference the other day and they were talking about just that they said your brain literally does its best thinking when it's not thinking so mm. don't give it space to not think and that means if you're going for a walk on the beach no headphones in with a podcast like it has mm. to be like silence where you're just not <laughs> processing and thinking that's yeah. when you do your best thinking so that makes a lot of sense I think you've hit on a new concept there maybe it's mindful marketing maybe maybe <laughs> I like it we, we will explore this Um, I think the other thing so I was reading somewhere the other day that um, most e-commerce store owners wear three to five hats as a minimum Um, so you're always jumping from always jumping from different tasks different things and one thing to another so what helps me and that I don't know may help other people is I have you have your overall to-do list you know the absolute catch-all this is everything that needs to be done but then I tend to break it down into at the beginning of the day sit down and make a list of what needs to happen that day and invariably new things will come up and creep onto that list if that happens it's really important to say okay what comes off this list then something has to move to tomorrow so I always start building tomorrow's to-do list the day before with anything that sort of has to move off today's if that makes sense because it's no use just having a list that grows and grows and grows and grows if something goes on something has to come off yeah Yeah, exactly and it's not always possible you know there are some fires that have to be put out and then there are some things that just have to keep going but um for the most part if you if you can make sure that every time you add something to that daily list something else comes off then I think you're in a good place yep I love that do you have a favorite business book I'll be honest I've been a bit lax in terms of reading books lately just because there's so many other ways to consume content Um, and I think my favorite marketing books have always been the Seth Godin ones he gives you such an insight into digital marketing and consumer thinking Um, I definitely yeah I definitely recommend any of that but um, there's a few things online that I'm absolutely hooked on at the moment there's Drift is a sort of intercom equivalent custom bot for websites and they have this insider community and it's just full of content and it's full of kind of classes or things like 
how to avoid distraction, anything to do with marketing really, but they've also got some really cool interviews with CMOs. Some, they've got some quite famous people on there and they're just really candid uh, interviews that I've been really enjoying listening to. So I definitely recommend that. I think the other thing I spend a lot of time reading just because they're so detailed is the stuff that gets put out by sort of WordStream and search engine land because they've got kind of a, through their platforms, they've got a inside track into Google. They can tell you what the real trends are. And I find that really interesting because they break it down by vertical as well. I can get lost in their articles for quite a long time. I love that. I love that. <laughs> do you listen to podcasts? I do. I do. I'm a bit addicted to Harry Potter's audiobooks right now, but the podcast will come back, I'm sure. <laughs> um, For yeah. the Harry Potter audiobooks, favorite <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Um, I really like there's there's a lot of um, good Shopify and e-commerce related ones but I really like there's a guy called Steve Hutt who is a merchant success manager at Shopify and he's got a podcast called the e-commerce fast lane Um, he's got a lot of really good guests on there um, some really good insight I'd recommend tuning into that wonderful wonderful and if people wanted to get in touch what's the best way for people to do that and I hear you've got a, a special tool for our listeners yeah, absolutely. So if you um, head to lotterland.com, you can have a little look around. You can, if you want to speak to one of the team, then that's where you can either watch a demo video or, or book a video, um, a demo call. Or as you said, we do have a, a bit of a tool. So if you wanted to put together a case for loyalty, if you thought it was a good idea for your business, but you still needed to convince a few other people, you can fill in a form, enter your details, things like how many orders you do, what platform, what tools you use. And we'll send you back a personalized business case that shows exactly what loyalty could deliver for your brand if we've got a, a special one for bright red marketing so if you headed to loyaltyline.com forward slash bright red marketing you can create your own business case there oh amazing i think that'd be a really good tool for people to kind of work out how loyalty can really kind of help their business and you know convince the the business partners and the the shareholders if you're at that stage mm. wonderful well thank you so much for joining us it's been very 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 interesting lots of really great tips for everyone so thank you very much for joining us not at all thank you so much for having me it's been great thank you for listening to the 10th episode of the bright minds of e-commerce podcast don't forget we load all of the links show notes full transcripts onto our website you can find everything at www.brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash show notes forward slash episode 10 the link will also be in the episode description We've also got a very exciting announcement next week. If you've been running your Facebook ads for a while and wish you had an expert in your back pocket to ask why something isn't working, what ads you should run next or how to grow your ads, but you're not quite ready to outsource yet, you're definitely going to want to tune in next week to hear what we have planned. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon.